Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Hey, can we, can we just thank our worship team for leading us so well today? Man, sometimes I wish I didn't have to get up here and preach. We would just keep worshiping. Don't say amen to that, but go, man. I wish we could, uh, could do that. Hey, by the way, this Thursday, the 18th, we're going to have worship night, and that's what we're going to do. We're just going to get together. We're going to worship the Lord together, and it's going to be an awesome night. We'd love for you to come. You can get all that information on our website. Uh, but a good uh, good morning. Thank you for being here. My name's Bobby. If I haven't got to meet you yet, uh, there's so many uh, familiar faces, some new faces in the room. I'm, I'm so glad you decided to be here with us. Our teams work really, really hard to make this church feel like your church, and so just thank Thank you. We're honored that you're here this morning. Please, please, please stop by and connect with us uh, before you leave. Uh, a little insight into uh, my life as a pastor. Um, typically, uh, Sunday after I get done preaching, I go home and eat lunch, and then I, I bonk out. I take a good nap. Uh, and normally, when we're in the regular season, I go to small group, and then when I come home, we, we get the girls to bed, and then Sunday night, I kind of turn on football or basketball, whatever's on, and then I start preparing for next week's message. I I go ahead and start thinking about it, praying about it, reading, researching, listening, whatever it is. And so Sunday night that happens. And then all throughout the week, um, we have some meetings and then I'm usually just writing. Uh, On Wednesdays, I spend most of the day just writing the sermon. Friday morning comes and what I do is I go to my desk and I put the final touches on my sermon. And then Friday around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I'll send it off to our team. And what they do is they get it up here on the screen, they get on social media media, get ready for a podcast and all that stuff. So this, this past Friday, um, I sat down at my desk and I get ready to finalize my sermon and there was just a check in my spirit. And I was like, man, I, I don't know. This just isn't flowing real well. I, I just feel like the Lord's kind of changing my heart. Um, and so I, I knew that God was changing my mind. I'm like, are you sure God it's Friday? You know, I worked on this all week and I knew he was changing my mind. And so uh, we had a basketball game Friday night, so I didn't write anything before the basketball game. And our team is super nice. They didn't text me. They, were, they didn't say anything. Saturday morning comes along. I think it was like 10 or 11 o'clock yesterday. And Brad's like, hey, man, are you preaching tomorrow? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I am. But, man, God changed my heart. And uh, I started last night writing a new sermon. And I'm finishing up right now. I'll get it over to you here in a few minutes. And God just totally, totally wrecked my plans for today. And um, I think one of the reasons why is because today I'm going to talk about a subject that's not always the most popular. It's not met with the most enthusiasm. Today I'm going to talk about financial generosity. Now immediately for some of you, I get it. I totally get it. You're like, oh, here we go. The church just wants my money. The church just wants to talk about money, so I will give more. And let's be honest, probably a lot of us have seen churches and church leaders abuse this topic, right? We've, we've, we've witnessed it. Maybe you've even felt that personally in your life. And so there's some skepticism when churches stand up and start talking about money. But what I want to do today is I want to I kind of switch things up. And this is where uh, I really felt like the Lord was changing my heart. I want you to truly see that when this area of our lives are healthy, it affects everything else. 
I want you to understand something today. My only goal, and you might have heard us say this around here before, I want something for you, not something from you. We're not going to take up an offering at the end of this service, so you, know, I, I, you don't have to hold on to your wallet. You don't have to hold on to your purse, okay? We're not going to do that. But here's kind of a shift that I want to make for just a minute, if you'll allow me. You know, all of us in our lives, we wear different hats, right? You know, sometimes you got to be the dad or the mom. You got that hat on. You got the husband or wife or the coworker, the best friend. The, the, you know, we all have different hats in our lives. Obviously, one of mine, I get the, the honor and privilege to be the pastor of City Hope Church. But today, I want to just set that hat aside, and I want to talk to you just as a fellow believer. As a fellow Christian who's, who's striving to live in love for Jesus, who, who is being discipled, you know, I want to talk to you today just from my personal experience of what financial generosity has meant to my life and what God's done. My desire for each and every one of you today is not that we'll, we'll fill up our offering bowls. That's not it, I promise. My desire for you today is that you will experience the fullness of living for Christ. So back in 2004, my wife and I uh, were preparing to get married. And uh, she's from Canada. I'm from Kentucky. We were in Jacksonville, Florida. Weird mix. I get it. But 2004, we start having those conversations. All right, we're, we got some jobs lined up in Kentucky. What are we going to do? Uh, uh, we, we probably need to you know, bring our bank accounts together. So I sit down with Shira and I start having these conversations. I was like, okay, Shira, um, what bank do you guys use? Uh, what, what, what's your bank account? And she looks at me and she says, what bank account? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I know y'all in Canada, but y'all got banks, right? Like, what, what do you mean, what bank account? Like, where do you keep your money? And she's like, what money? <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe you're just not understanding. Do you, like, keep it under your mattress? <laughs> like, you keep it in your dresser? Where, where do you keep your money? She's like, Bobby, I don't have any money. And I'm like, okay, we're getting ready to get married and you don't have any money. Okay, so let, let's keep this conversation going. I remember this like it was yesterday. All right, so, so you're up in Canada. Uh, you, we got to get your car to Kentucky. And she looks at me and she goes, what car? <laughs> I'm like, you don't have any money? You don't have a car? What do you have, right? She goes, I got these two student loans that, <laughs> that, that we're going to have to do something about. <laughs> and so I'm like... All right, so no money, no car, student loans. We're off, we're off to a, a great start here. So we're getting ready to move to Kentucky, and we signed our contract. Shira was going to be a teacher. She signed her very first contract, 2004. She was going to make $17,000 that year, all right? We are rolling. I was a teacher, but I was also a coach, so I signed a contract for $19,000 that year. Together, we were making $36,000 in 2004, all right? No money, one car, nowhere to live. We're living with my dad. Marriage is off to a good start. So we had this conversation leading up to, and one of the things that we talked about, she grew up in church, and, and at this time I had been in church, been a Christian for, for a short time, and I said, you know, we need to talk about uh, giving. We need to talk about tithing. What are we going to do? And that, in that conversation, we said, we're, well, we're going to give 10%. That's kind of the, the thing that we've, we've grown up with. That's what our parents said. Well, that's what we want to do, so we're going to give 10%. So 10%, 36000 $3,600, $300 a month. I'll never forget, every month, writing that check, $300. This is before online giving, right? Writing that check, $300 a month, so that's what we did. 
So we got married, uh, we get, started giving as soon as we, as soon as we started getting our jobs and, and, and started get, receiving a paycheck. We're living uh, with my dad and, and trying to figure out life, right? And it was almost immediately after we got married and we started giving that we started noticing, man, God is blessing us. So here's a young couple, $36,000 a year, not a whole lot of money, and we, we didn't have any place to live, and we found out there was a guy who used to go to our church who owned some townhouses. He was getting ready to open them up. He was renting them out for $1,500 a month, but we talked to him, and he said, you know what, guys, since you guys are young, and, and you go to church, and, you, and you're, you're working in the church, you're serving in the school, we're going to let you $500 a month. We're going to let you live here. It's our first place we ever lived, townhouse, $500 a month, drunk man next door, hurt him every night. It was crazy, all right? But we felt blessed. Man, it's only 500 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we started praying. God, you know, we got, you know, we're young and, and we only got one car. We need, we need another car. So we began to pray. We began to pray. And not, not long after that, there was a, a gentleman in our church who worked at Ford Motor Company for 40 plus years. And he bought a brand new 1989 Ford Ranger. All right. And he was getting ready to retire and he was ready to sell it. He said, Bobby, I'll give it to you for $1,000. Praise God. Let's go. 200,000 miles, 1989 Ford Ranger. It was amazing. So that year... 2004, we decided we're going to give, and we immediately started seeing, okay, God's blessing us. We didn't have any kids at this time, and, and, and life was good. We were young, dumb, you know, still dumb, but just not young anymore. But, man, life was good. Life was good. God was blessing. We, we saw his blessings. And there was, a couple of, there was a couple of passages of Scripture that as we were, were trying to figure out financial life, trying to figure out jobs, trying to, you know, just merge these two crazy different worlds together. And one of those scriptures that uh, was very, very important to us that when we, when we started having this conversation was Matthew chapter 6. And I want to I read a couple of these verses for you this morning and, and talk to you about these verses. The Bible says this, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Skip down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, Sheer and I didn't have any problems with that first part where it says, don't store up for your treasures in heaven. We didn't have any treasures, right? We didn't, we didn't have anything to store up, right? We didn't have, you know, we used paper napkins and, and paper plates for the longest time. Paper napkins, and all, and all napkins, paper. We didn't have anything to store up. But verse 21 and verse 24 grabbed a hold of us. And I want you to look at this. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let's apply that to our lives. The things that I treasure in my life have my heart. Think about your family, the people that you love the most in your life. Those are the people, man, they have your heart, right? You treasure them. You treasure the relationships. The things that you love the most in this life are the things that are going to have your heart. Now, the Bible also tells us what? If you've been a believer for any amount of time, you've, you've heard this verse. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All right, so let's bring these two things together. The things that I treasure have my heart, but as a Christian, as a disciple, I'm supposed to strive to love Jesus with all of my heart. So if there's anything other than God that has my attention, that has my focus, then it also has my heart. 
So I can't love God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, if there's things outside of him that I treasure more than him. I can't love my possessions and give them my heart at the same time of giving God my heart. I can't serve two masters, the Bible says. It's not going to work. So what I realized as I was writing this sermon yesterday, and, and, and this is kind of the, the word that God spoke to me, is that when we start talking about financial generosity, it's not a head issue. It's not a head issue. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. You see, all of us in here are smart enough to figure out reasons why I can't give or why I can give. But when Jesus talks about giving, he goes straight to the heart. Where my treasures are, there my heart will be. So this all is a heart issue. We don't, I, I don't preach on money a lot. Uh, I, I think I've done maybe two sermons since we started the church a little bit over two years ago. And, and one of the things that, that I, I like to think about is, you know, people always, you always hear people say, you know, church just wants my money. And, and the reality is that that doesn't really matter to you. Why? Because Starbucks just wants your money and you keep going there, right? Chick-fil-A just wants your money. Even though it's God's chicken, they just want your money, okay? They're glad that you're paying. Now it's like 12 bucks. They're, they're, they're glad that you're paying, right? And so, so being that the church just wants my money, it's, not a, it's, it's a heart issue. The reason why people don't give, the reason why we're not generous, it all comes back to the heart. So, Shira and I, we decided we wanted to give God our all. We wanted to give God our everything. And serving him was more important to us than having everything that the world could offer. And so here's what we did. We based our decision off a couple things. And I just want to share those things with you this morning. And then I'm going to give you a challenge at the end, and we're going to leave. The first thing we based our decision off of was this. We wanted to honor the tithe. We wanted to honor the tithe. Now, for some of you, it's church word. We don't use that word out in the real world, okay? Tithe, it just simply means a tenth. It means 10%. In the Old Testament of the Bible, you see that a tenth, a tithe, was a requirement of the law. The people of Israel, when they uh, uh, had crops and when they had livestock, they were required to, be, to bring a tenth into the church, into the temple, into the storehouse, the Bible calls it, right? And so you and I are no longer under that law, all right? But, but I want you to see this. Look at, look at God's promise. It's going to be here on your screen. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This is, this is the Lord talking. He says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And then look what God says. Test me in this way. God's saying, test me in this way. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing for you without measure. So again, this is God talking to Israel, the Old Testament. We're not under these laws anymore. There's no law that says you have to bring tenth into the church, right? But there's also no law that says you can't bring a tenth into the church. There's also no law that says we can't uh, honor the Old Testament laws anymore. And so when, when we read this, yes, we're, it's correct. We don't do it out of the law, but we do it out of love. We do it out of love for the Father. And here's the truth that Sheer and I were able to find out over all these years. God will honor those who honor him. God will always honor those who honor him. And I love that he looked at those people and he said, test me. See what will happen. I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven for you if you'll step out in love. So we found out that God will honor those who honor him. 
The second thing that we truly believed and that we wanted to put to the test is that God would provide everything that we needed. Look at 2 Corinthians. Paul says this. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Let me go back to Shira and I's story. 2004, we were in Louisville, Kentucky. In 2006, we felt this stir in our heart, and God moved us to Knoxville, Tennessee. Shira was going to be teaching there. I was going to move into a um, youth pastor role. And listen to this. Our salary, $56,000 combined. We just went from 36 to 56. I'm Warren Buffett, right? Like, I'm rolling. This is what it feels like to be rich. Okay, I know what it feels like. So we $56,000 a year, 2006, we bumped up our tithe, right? We said, we're going to stay at 10%. We're going to get $5,600. I'll never forget this. I always remember this. $467 a month. I wrote that check, put it in. I was proud. $467 every month. We're giving our tithe. We're honoring God with the tithe. This is 2006, so for about two years, man, we were rolling. We were eating out when we wanted to. We went to Walmart when we wanted to. We went on a vacation whenever we wanted to. Man, it, life was good. Then we decided to have kids, all right? Uh, and life is still good, don't get me wrong. 2008, our precious firstborn, Emma, comes along. And it was amazing. And we felt like the Lord wanted, uh, or we felt like that, that we wanted to allow Shira to stay home with Emma so she didn't have to work, so she could raise Emma up. And, and I'll never forget, Shira and I having that conversation, she goes, I, I think I want to stay home. And I was like, you think what? Like, like that, all right, so 56,000, and now we're going to take away 21,000. We're back to 35,000. How are we going to do this? Like for two years, we've been, we've been living a high life. How are we going to do this? I was no longer Warren Buffett, right? <clears throat> How do we make this work? So, man, uh, uh, we grinded, right? Shira started babysitting, people knocking on the door at 6 a.m., dropping her kids off at our house. She started tutoring. Uh, 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 I was doing, like, some side jobs with lawn care, was running some camps for, for sports, and we were doing everything we could just to make sure that, that Shira could stay home and work. And about 15 months after uh, Emma was born, we had Sissy, and Sissy comes along. Now we got four people, $35,000 a year. Man, it was tough. Right? A lot of rice and beans and beans and rice. Like it, it was, it was a, lot of, a lot of tough work. But we knew God wanted us to remain faithful in our tithe. About this time, and, and uh, uh, Marley comes along in, in, in 2012. So now we got three kids. Shira's staying at home. Um, and, and we're trying to figure out, all right, Lord, we've been faithful. We need you. We need you to show up. There's a window of time, and beginning about 2012, some really rough patches kind of hit our journey. One day, someone came and decided that they wanted my vehicle and they stole my car out of my garage. That kind of stinks. Sometime later, someone decided that they wanted to come into our house and take all of our stuff. So we got someone broke into our house and stole a ton of our stuff. A little bit of time later, Shira got in a pretty bad car accident. Another car down. All of this stuff just kind of kind of hit during this season. And, and, and can I just be honest with you today? I'm, I'm, 
I'm serving you, Lord. I'm, I'm a pastor. We're giving, but, but we're struggling deeply, Lord. Like this is hard to, to, to overcome. This is hard to recover from. And then whew, one of the hardest seasons of life came when Sweet Marley started getting sick. And really bad accident happens, and, and thankfully God saved her life. But she started getting really sick. About once a month, she would get 106, 105, 107 degree temperature. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I remember Sherry and I just crying together. God, what, what is going on? What are you doing? We've been faithful to you for so many years, God. We've been giving, God. We, we, we try to help people. We're walking through all this journey and we have some friends that, that are struggling as well financially and, and, and they come to us and they're like, hey, we just, we need you guys to pray. Like if we don't pay our house mortgage, we're going to get kicked out of the house. And, and so we prayed with them and Sheer, they leave and Sheer looks over at me and she's like, babe, we need to pay their mortgage. <laughs> and I was like, who are you talking to? Like, what? <clears throat> we don't have any money. How are we going to pay their mortgage? We can't pay our mortgage. So we need to pay their mortgage. All right, let's do it. So we did. About a month later, a young lady in our ministry comes to us, and she, she had just a heart for international missions, and she'd been on mission trips, and, and the Lord was speaking to her and wanted her to go on this trip to Haiti. And she said, Bobby, Shira, I, I need $500 by this weekend to be able to go on my trip, or I'm not going to be able to go, and I, and I just need God to come through. And the door shut, and Sheer looks at me. And I was like, don't even say it. I know what you're going to say. Like, I get it. Let's do it. To this day, that girl doesn't know we, we paid for a trip. We're in the toughest season of our lives, and we just felt the Lord pushing us to, to be generous. We felt the Lord to, to remain consistent in our commitment to give that tithe, to give back to him. And then we began to see God work begin to see God do some things in our lives. We went on a student trip, three or four days, and we come back, walk into the house, and it is like spotless. It is like crystal clear. And I'm like, sure, did you, did you clean the house before we left? Good job. And she's like, I didn't do that. Start opening up the cabinets, open up the fridge, full of groceries, packed full of food. Who... Who broke into our house again? Like, what, what, what happened? There was a group of girls that Shira had been investing in for a couple years, a small group of girls, and they came over, and while we were gone, they, their parents cleaned our house and filled our cupboards full of groceries, and we're like, thank you, Lord. There was a couple in our church who uh, kind of were our prayer warriors when Marley was walking through all of her sickness, and we took her everywhere specialist, infectious disease. We took her to, to Vanderbilt, one of the, the greatest hospitals in the world. And, and you know how that goes. Medical bills start piling up. And there was this couple in our church that said, hey, we want to take y'all out to eat. We went out to eat with them. And they said, hey, we want you to know this, that um, we've been taking care of this elderly lady for a while. And she just passed away. And, and um, she left us some money. And, and we want to help you guys. And right there, at that table, I'll never forget, they slide us over a check and it's $12,000. Right after we share got in a wreck, we're down to one car again. 
was telling my pastor about it. He said, oh, no, man, you got all these kids. You can't, you can't have one car. He says, me and Miss Becky want to buy you a car. Two thousand Ford Taurus, Mike. <laughs> I tell you all these stories, and I, I just wanted to share my heart this morning because God's always been faithful, even through those dark days, even through those tough times that we even still have now. God's always been faithful. We just sang a song a minute ago, a million times. I can say, God, you've been faithful. God, you've been faithful. And those are the heart moments. Those are the heart moments that that push us to remain faithful, even when it might not make sense to remain faithful to God. This scripture came alive to us during this time, the one that we leaned on. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Look at this. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Listen to this. Will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Here's here's God's lesson to us today. When your generous generosity is returned to you. When when you're stingy, that's the standard that's going to be returned to you and I. Give and it will be, the motive is not to give to receive, right? We don't give to God. We don't live generously so that we receive something back. The motive is that we honor God. God, you've loved me. God, you've been faithful. God, you've helped me through tough times. And so I'm going to honor you with what you've given me. So the second thing is we realize that He would provide. And the third thing I want to share with you today is this. We had to stay true to our biblical worldview. Let me break that down just for a second, because here's what that means. All of us have a filter, right? All of us have a filter the way we look at life, the way we look at the world. Some of you are very optimistic people, right? Rainbows, Skittles, bubblegum, like that's you, okay? Some of you are pessimistic people okay everything's negative there's always a negative tent don't point at them but like like there's some people that are just pessimistic right there's some people that are visionary I look through everything what the future could look like and this is what could happen and that's amazing right some people are are more um realist right this is real this is the way it is this is black and white we all have a filter that we look through and the filter that, that Shira and I decided that when, when we started this journey together in 2004 and, and, and we wanted to make sure is that God is the owner of it all. God owns all of it. When, when, when we have something, it's because God gave it to us. Luke 24, look at what the Bible says. The earth and everything in it, the world and all its inhabitants belong to the Lord. When you and I give generously, what we're doing is we're honoring the creator who owns it all. We're honoring the God who says, listen, I've given you all of this. This is what I want from you, including your income. I want you to understand that it's all for my glory. And when you and I live a generous life, this is absolutely true. That's why when we talk about finances, when we talk about generosity, it's not really about tithing. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a lifestyle that you and I live. Well, 
what we realize is this, when I have a biblical worldview, is that everything I have is his, and he just put me here to be a good steward of it. Everything I have belongs to him, and I'm just going to strive to do my best to honor him with what he's given me. Now, if you'll allow me for a minute, I kind of shared some of our story with you as a fellow believer. Let me, let me put my pastor hat back on for just a second. Generous living is a heart issue. It's not a head issue. Generosity has nothing to do with how much you have, but everything to do with how much you love. Let me say that again. Generosity has nothing to do with how much you have, but everything to do with how much you love. As a Christian, you can be poor, but you can't be stingy. You might not be rich. You might not have the biggest bank account, but you still can't be greedy. You still can't be greedy. The mark of a Christian is not someone who is loaded with money. It's someone who is loaded with generosity. That's what God wants from you and I. And living generously begins with this. And I'm going to ask Pastor Brad to come on back up. Living generously begins when you and I recognize that God is a generous God. He's a generous God. Some of you have experienced that in your life. I could stand up here and just keep going story after story after story where God has provided and God has blessed our family and he continues to do that because he's a generous God. And here's what I want you to do. I want to challenge you this week. E- each week when you come in here, I, I kind of view this as an appetizer. What our, our, what, 35, 40 minutes, sometimes 45 when I go long. I, I view this as your appetizer for the week. I need you to go home and find the meal, right? I need you to go home and feed yourself and get into God's word and figure these things out. And so this week, I want to challenge you. Go find in the Bible where you see God's generosity. Go find in God's word. Go find in the scripture where you see, man, okay, if Bobby says God's a generous God, God, I want you to show me where you were generous. Let me give you two quick places. Psalm 100. The Bible says, for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness is through all generations. That's a generous God. Psalm 145, 16. The Bible says you're generous to a fault. You lavish your favor on all creatures. Because he is generous, I can be generous too. Because I serve a generous God, I can be generous too. I think it's important for each and every one of us in this room to understand something. You see, Shira and I, in 2004, we sat down and we, we felt our conviction from the Lord that this was a step that we needed to take. We needed to be committed to give God at least 10% of our income at all times. It was a conviction of the Lord. Had nothing to do with man, had nothing to do with church, had everything to do with our relationship with a generous God. And I want to encourage you today. The convictions that you have in your life, the convictions that you have in your family, never base your obedience to those convictions off of man. All right? Don't base those things off of because I'm standing up here telling you this. Base, those, base your convictions off of what the Lord tells you to do and then base your obedience to those convictions off of honoring Him. Man's response should never dictate my obedience. 
Let me say that again. Man's response should never dictate my obedience. If God tells me to come to someone and share my faith, but I'm so worried that they're going to get mad at me and I don't do it, what did I just do? Told God no. God, you convicted me, but because of their response, I'm not going to be obedient. This is one that we allow man's response oftentimes to hold back our obedience. From the pastor of City Hope Church, I believe with all my heart that one of my jobs is to teach what God's word says about generous living. I believe with all of my heart that one of our jobs as a church is to be a resource for you when you need it. I believe that one of our jobs is to give you opportunities to to carry out your convictions from the Lord and especially when it comes to giving. I believe in giving because I've witnessed it. I believe in generous livings because I've seen what God will do. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we believe in this so much that we want to do something a little bit different. Churches have done this. We've never done this here, but, but our team got together. We've been praying about this, and this is something we want to do. We want to help kickstart this journey for you. So beginning on January 28th, we're going to start a 90-day challenge, a 90-day generosity challenge. For some of you, it's a kickstart. You've never given, you've never been generous in your income. It's always been kind of over here. The rest of your life might be surrendered, but we're going to keep this. And for some of you, this is a kickstart. For some of you, it's a restart. You, you know, you give a little bit, but you, you know, the consistency hasn't really been there. And this is God saying, hey, all right, let's, let's restart this. Maybe you've even been giving and you've been faithful and you've been, you know, convicted and you've been obedient to the Lord. And he's saying, right, maybe it's time to, to up the game a little bit. But here's what we want to do, because we believe in this so much. Beginning on January 28th, we're going to begin to to keep record of your giving. And at the end of 90 days, if you feel like God hasn't held up to his end of the bargain, we'll give you all your money back. Every dime. Now, obviously, there's some boundaries here, right? Don't come to me in in, in 90 days and say, yeah, I gave 100,000 in cash. You know, I just didn't put my name on it, right? We got to have some boundaries here. We got to know that you gave. We're going to start it on January 28th. Reason why we did that, I want to give you time. It's two weeks. Two weeks for you to pray about it. Don't walk out of here and do it because I'm saying it. Please don't do that. Go home and be convicted and, and, and have a conversation with your spouse. Have a conversation with your family. And, and, and is this something we want to do? On the, on the a website, on the back of your chair there, there's a little QR code. There's a, there's, a, there's a card on there you can fill out and say, I'm going to be a part of this 90-day challenge. And if you allow me to sound like an infomercial for a second, you know, 90-day money-back guarantee, okay? And I mean it. God looked at the Israelites and he said, bring a tenth into the storehouse so my house will have food at it. And then he says, test me. See if I won't open up the heavens for you. See if the blessings of God will flow all over your life. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. This could be a huge step in your faith journey. 
helps you and the people around you truly experience the fullness of God. This isn't a, this isn't a head issue. This is a heart issue. And I pray that today, I, I really do, I pray that you hear my heart. I pray that you understand this. I realize this. God doesn't need Bobby's money. And let me say it to you. God doesn't need your money. It's not what it's about. My team might get mad at me for saying this, but that's okay. Won't be the first time. City Hope Church doesn't need your money. God's provided for us since we started this thing. And he's going to continue to provide. That's what he does when we're obedient. It's not about your money. It's about your heart. And I started this thing off today and I, and I said this and I'm going to end it with this and we're going to pray. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I truly want you to live in the fullness of knowing Christ. And we have to be all in. We have to be surrendered. Let's pray together. Father, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful, God, that we can just come together and with our brothers and sisters and be reminded that you're a generous God. Father, I think about all those moments when I had more questions than I did answers. I think about those tough seasons of life. I didn't understand. I was trying to be committed. I was striving to be faithful. and Life just stunk. God, you've always been faithful. I pray that today there's some folks in this room that would experience your faithfulness. Maybe there's some folks in here that are walking through some of the toughest times of their life. God, show up. Show up, God. But I pray that the people of City Hope Church, if we're nothing else, we would be a generous people. We'd be obedient people. Convict our hearts, Lord. Show us the places you want us to grow. Show us the steps you want us to take. Thank you for modeling love. Thank you for modeling grace and modeling generosity. Raise up some warriors in this room, God. Go into this world and live with a generous spirit so that people may come to know you. Thank you for the faithfulness, God. I pray continued blessings on those that have been so faithful to you for so long. Bless them, Lord. Pour out the fullness of heaven. Pull out, pour out your riches. Teach us to honor you. Love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.